Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Ben with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal from amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. Today, like on every episode, we got a great one for you. We have yes, we have Kimberlyn Brown, best known as popular villainous Sheila Carter on CBS's multi-award-winning soap operas *The Young and the Restless* and *The Bold and the Beautiful*. She is now a successful businesswoman. Now let's just hope that. Um, <laughs> We do this good so Sheila Carter don't come out. Oh yes, <laughs> I can't. I can't make any promises there. I, 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 to be honest, she'll she'll kind of just um, come around when you least expect it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was telling yeah. um, Sandy earlier when we was on the mm. phone. I was like, "Look, I was talking to Sheila Carter." Yeah. <laughs> like, here we are. Yeah, <laughs> be careful. Whenever I have there usually are ulterior motives. Like, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> now, I always like to start the show out the same way because it's mm -hmm. tough for everybody right now with COVID and all that. So oh, how yeah. has COVID affected you and what have you done to kind of maneuver through this crazy new maze we have? Wow. Um, from a business standpoint, it was very dicey, especially out here in California. I employ right. over 180 people and wow. Wow. keeping them employed was was very difficult at first. I mean, thankfully for the, the PPP money that, that Trump had approved. Yes. We were mm -hmm. able to keep all of our employees working and, and paid. Mm -hmm. so oh, that's good. We, we actually did all right. We, we ended up keeping um, the majority of our employees. A lot of people left because they felt they could make more on unemployment and the stimulus checks. But uh, COVID overall, for me, has been more of a personal struggle than anything else. Yeah. Uh, yes. Not being able to see my mom and dad who are in their 80s, mm -hmm. um, who are very, very active and not right. able to see the family. I think no. Christmas, Thanksgiving, <clears throat> It's always a very big event at my house, and there was no. Oh, wow. mm -hmm. I mean, it was myself and my kids, of course, and and uh, my husband, but nothing like like we're used to. Mm -hmm. and, uh, if anything, COVID hit at just the right time because I had a serious accident in July where I shattered my heel, and wow. Oh, wow. I have just been home, laying in bed, recovering. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think it affects everybody differently. For me, it's more of a family issue where I can't see yeah. my niece and my brother and his wife and my sister and, and their kids and, and so on and so forth. I, I really miss that human connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's like for us. I mean, we see my dad a lot because he's right up the street. Yeah, he right. wouldn't have it. He would rather die than uh, miss out. But her mom lives in Kentucky, so she hasn't been like, able to see her. But since June of 19, and we have a nine-year-old and a two-year-old that she hasn't gotten to see in almost two years. But she's going to get to see her soon because we're going yes, out to we're Kentucky. Going in April. In fact, we're going yeah. April. 14th to Nashville for five days, mm -hmm. and then we're going five days up to Kentucky to see your mom. Yes. And it's and and you know the dis the, the the disinformation or the misinformation or the the back and forth on information given the American public. It's just it's it makes your head spin quite often. Mm -hmm. It does. It Absolutely. really does. I mean, one you day, never know what to believe yeah, anymore. Yeah. You, you know, one day you know you don't need a mask. One day you do need a mask. Now you need two or three masks. It, it's just. Mm -hmm it's kind of like the whim of the day. And I base my life most on facts and, and not on emotion. And everybody is so emotional right now. Oh, that's and, so true. Everybody's and not, sensitive and emotional. Not necessarily in a good way. You know? yeah. Right. And you can understand why they're so emotional because again, you know, this whole COVID thing has really affected men mentally a lot of people. It has. It's it's been devastating to the mental health of our country, especially our youth. Um, oh, yes, yeah, so sad about oh, that. Wow. Yeah, I know California is struggling still, but I know here in Georgia, to be honest with you, you know, since August, wasn't it? I know since the end of April. I tell for oh, church. oh, for church. Uh, since September. Since September, September we've been back to full church. I mean, right. uh, we're not. 
we're not allowed to do that in, in sunny California. No, not at all. Um, but, you know, before we go any further, I know that there have been some devastating floods out your way and in Nashville. And I just want to give my blessings to, to everybody that's struggling through that additional, um, that additional, you know, yeah. I mean, there are no words to even put to it. I, I can only see the the news footage here in, in California and it, it is devastating. So my prayers go out to everybody who's affected by that. Yeah, we got a lot of Nashville friends. We're not lit. We're going to eventually move to Nashville. Right. But we got a lot of Nashville friends. Yeah. And yeah. it's like We're Nashville just there. can't win because, you know, they had the big tornadoes. Last then February, then yep. two weeks later, you had COVID. Mm -hmm. Then yeah. Christmas Day, you had the Christmas Day bombing. Yes. Downtown Nashville. And, and then now, and now the floods here. Well, and you have thousands and thousands of people moving there from California. <laughs> so we yeah. heard about yeah. that. Yes. There is that as well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell us about how you got the role of Sheila Carter. Because, I mean, th th oh, yes, th did you know how evil that role was going to be before you went out for it? I mean, just curious. No, I really didn't. I actually, I screen tested three years before Sheila came on the scene for the part of Cassandra Rawlings on The Young and the Restless. Oh, wow. okay. And I did not get the part, clearly, but uh, <laughs> I, I was getting ready to get out of the acting business. I was with Vicki White in LA. She was my agent and she took ill and two new um, agents moved in from New York. And where I was going out on, you know, five interviews a week, all of a sudden it's like somebody stuck a, a stick in the front wheel of my bike and I just went flying off. I never went out on anything once these two women merged with, uh, with the light company. And I decided I was going to go back to school and do what I really wanted to do. And that was be an architect. So I, uh, I called Mina Blanchard. I was modeling at the time, told her I wasn't going to be modeling any longer. She was very upset with me, said I would never work in this town again if I, I left her. And you know, I adored her to death. I was one of her top petite models at the time. And, ah. and um, I, was, I was studying to, for my real estate license. I thought, well, I'll sell real estate to put me through school. Right. And out of the blue, literally out of the blue, two weeks after I made the call to Nina, I got a call from Jill Newton, who was casting for Young and the Restless. And she said, Kimberlyn, I have a part I think you're perfect for. And she said, if you could come in and read for it. And I said, Jill, I've got to be honest, I'm not interested any longer. Now, was that a compliment or not? You know, <laughs> you're, that part you're perfect for? <laughs> well, you know, I I think um, no. I, I mean, she she told me it was the part I was perfect for that she wanted me to come for. I said, yeah. no, I'm going back to school. I'm going to become the architect wow. that I always dreamed of being. Yeah. And she said, well, this is only for two or three months, and it could oh, help. Wow. Okay. It could help pay for your schooling. So yeah, I, oh, okay. So I went in on the reading and. Uh, they had Peter Barton in reading with me, and I read mm -hmm. for Bill Bell, Ed Scott. Um, obviously, the casting people were in the room as well. And Peter Barton and I started, you know, doing our reading, and I felt really, really good about it. And Gail Camacho was in on that reading as well, who was uh, was the assistant casting director. And when I finished the reading. I got down to my car and I realized that I left out a huge portion of the, of the script. I just mm -hmm. I completely jumped and went, I left out probably, you know, a, a full paragraph in the middle of this, this dialogue that we were doing. So I got on the phone and I called Gail Camacho and I said, Gail, I'm so sorry, you know, Please bring me back again. I know I messed up. I completely dropped this dialogue. And she let me apologize for about 20 minutes and then, <laughs> and then told me, but you got the part. <laughs> so, oh, wow. yeah. so uh, the, the, the thing that I was told was that there was no wrong to Sheila. Don't <laughs> hold back. Um, oh, wow. There wow. was absolutely, they, they said, think of Kathy Bates in misery. Oh, yeah. I love you. I love you. I love you. But then she's breaking ankles with a sledgehammer mm -hmm. the next time you see her to the person. Right. That 
that she loves. So that's where Sheila began. I, I was blessed wow. to have someone like Bill Bell give me the room to create and grow with him. He, oh, wow. loved, he loved so much what I was doing that he would say, don't stop. You can even push it further. Oh, wow. Wow. So I did. I did. And <laughs> And the way that I made it real to myself is I created some, you know, backstory in my mind as an actress playing the part that, you know, my character must have been horribly abused to wow. not know yeah. how to go about getting and achieving love the way that most people do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like one of the comments here, somebody said, so they love to dislike her. And we were talking clear. about that. Thank yes. you. <laughs> and, and, and what's funny about it um, is Sheila was just one of those characters that you loved, but you hated at the same time. It was like, exactly. yeah. it was one of the things that would draw Because again, I, you know, I lived with my parents it was in 91. I was well, with still in my household. I was 20 at that time, but my right. mom was a hardcore Y&R fan. Oh, yes, so, she was. So I, I grew up watching the show all the time. Yeah. And I remember the Sheila was, I was always like, wow. Yes. <laughs> you know? I watched a lot back then also. Yeah. You know, it's actually, that was my mom's soap opera. So I grew up watching Young and the Restless. I never in a million years thought that I would be on her favorite show. So right. that was, that was a, a very neat phone call when I could call my mom and tell her, guess who's going to be on your soap <laughs> opera? <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. So what surprised you? I, I think, I think the, the reason why the character that was so incredibly successful and like you said, you loved to hate her. Yes. It's because people felt sorry for her at the same time. Mm -hmm. I, tried to make, I tried to make everything that Sheila did very real to her, not yes. just acting and being big and being this and being that. I always tried to justify why she was doing the things that she mm -hmm. did. Yeah. Right. It's like the minute she got a man to care about her, she latched on because exactly. she had that before. And then when a woman tried to take that away from her, mm -hmm. it was like, no, I don't want to let go. I'm not going to yes. let go and I'm not going to let you do that. So by justifying certain certain things in my mind playing the part of, of Sheila, I think really made her um, a character that people wanted to see what was going to happen next. Yes. <laughs> now, did you see um, when you were out and about during the prime of Sheila, did yes. people get mad at you? Every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> Actually, not too often. Most of the comments were, wow, we love to hate you. We love to hate you. You make things, you make things so spicy and you keep it interesting. But yeah. there were a couple of times I was on my way home from the Caribbean with my husband and we had a layover in Dallas and I went into the ladies room and I had these women come up to me that were there together and they started hitting me with a newspaper. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my you gosh. are so bad. I cannot <laughs> believe. And I finally had to stop them and say, whoa, 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 hold on. I'm Kimberlyn. Yes, <laughs> nice to meet you. And then they were embarrassed for what they did. But um, to be able to pull that kind of emotion out of people when they just see you on the street, it was great. And then a lot of people would notice you, but they were just afraid to come up to you and say anything. Yes. Somebody asked, are you going to run for public office again? I think my husband might leave me if I tried. <laughs> I, I would I would actually love to. I would love to run for office again. Hold on. Here's the oh, sorry about that. Um, no problem. I would love to run for office again. I think that we need more good people that are actually there to represent the American public and get in and get out. This it was never meant to be a lifelong career. Yeah, we agree. And I think that on both sides of the aisle, there are yep. people who yes. have just been there entirely too long, and it's become it's become um, you know a, a family operation in a lot of in a lot of cases. I know here in California, mm -hmm. 
certainly has. And they say, as California goes, the rest of the nation follows. And I'm here to tell you that you do not want the rest of the nation to follow California. Well, well, I'm glad that Georgia didn't follow California when it comes to COVID yes. because we've been free, you know, since yeah, April. And we have thousands of, of businesses that will never reopen again in the state of California. I don't think the government has the right to take your livelihood away from you and mm -hmm. force to fail right. and force you to go into bankruptcy and force you to do all of those things. COVID is a very serious thing, but if you look at the guidelines, several other states and other countries have followed, I think that there mm -hmm. could have been another direction for California. Yeah, and, and now granted, this is a opportune time for some people too, because you know, right now everything, I, I believe we're at the other side of COVID, at least I hope. We hope, yeah. Um, but I believe that 2022 is going to be a big year. I really think next year will be the year that we all fully open back up, that we go kind of, even Bill Gates made a comment that he believes end of 2022 will be no mask, no nothing. So, and so even no, he so, believes yes. next year. So if all that happens, so many people are going to have some money and they're going to be so itching and there's going to be people that have not created their ideals in business because so much competition out there. Well, even mm -hmm. though you don't want to see business go under, so many is going to go under. I think new ones are going to pop up to now they finally get their chance. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this, this, it's going to be a market for people to jump into. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, when I see these small family businesses oh, yeah. that have been going on and on and on for, for years and years and years, and for one reason or another, couldn't get their PPP loans or, or otherwise, yeah. or, or they had people picking and choosing in their state or in their community who got to stay open and who didn't. I, I mean, there's, there's, it's just a sad state of affairs in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. It really is a very sad state of affairs. And, you know, the person that just asked me if I was willing to run for office again, I can tell you that, it's not for the light of heart, mm. not at all, because they will lie about you. They will. And I'm talking about both sides of the aisle. Even yeah. your own party yeah. um, won't get behind you if you have an independent voice. So no. if you think you've got a stomach for it and you think you're strong, but gosh, we need good people to step up to the plate. There's no doubt about it. I'm so, not strong enough for that. I'll let other people well, do come that. On, Chris, that's not what Sandy says. She says you're strong all day long. All day long. Yeah, yeah. You know, speaking of um, the virus and how it's helped some industries, we've even got it help here with our show because, you know, we launched our show January of 2020. Right. January a couple 30. months before COVID. And I remember our original plan was to do 100 interviews our first year. Mm -hmm. And we thought, Oh, wow. That would be a lot of interviews. Don't know if we can pull that. And video. we thought that was pushing it. And then COVID happened. Yes. And right. I told Sandy, I was like, well, you know what? This just might be our time to shine because as we're trying to grow, everybody else has to shut down in, in the entertainment world from music. And because at that time, we we're just a music um, mm -hmm. um, podcast. Yes. And I, I was like, you know what? Let's just go all out and see what happens. Because of that, we did over 300 interviews last year. We're at almost 400 now. Yes. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, if you, if, you were, if you were smart enough to start a good podcast, that last year would have been the time to do it. And I, hey, I got somebody's vote. Look at there. I'm not even running. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, that's a crazy go. one. See there? Uh, there you go. Sometimes you just have to put some positive energy out there in the world. And we're all ready for positive energy. Most um, definitely. Yes, that's why are. we try to do our show. You know, we want, yeah. you know, it was different a little bit at the very beginning. But once COVID yeah. happened, you know what? We're like, you know what? We're going to be the place where we're just relaxed. As you see, we're in T-shirt and stuff. Yeah, and we relax, just want to be a positive enjoy. vibe out there. And, yeah, you know, wrinkled denim. I know. <laughs> and, 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 you know, sometimes. You know, sometimes yeah. people see the fun we have on the show mm -hmm. and they think this is easy. And that's something I want to talk about now a little bit, because, as you know, you know, a lot of people, they see the actors like your Brad Pitt, your Angelina Jolie. Mm -hmm. um, they see the glory behind them, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their level, but even a career level within the entertainment world. 
And nobody really talks about this side of it. And on our show, we want to make sure we talk about it because I think it's the yes, most it's important, important before people stay. I'm going to tell a quick story that'll help guide where I want this part to go. Okay. And this has to do with a music person, but it, it ties perfectly with actors and actresses. It does. <clears throat> but we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls back in 2014. And I asked Allison what advice she'd give an up and coming artist. I'll never forget what she said. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full time. But if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep this as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, everything has to change. She goes, um, your friends and relatives never understand. Um, they invite you to weddings, the cookouts, the weekends, the holidays. But when you're in that beginning stage of your career and that you're in that grind mode, you pretty much have to say no to everything so that you can be focused on your career. Then your family has a sacrifice. They, they got to be willing to kick you out the door and share you with the world. And that's tough for a lot of families within the entertainment world. But then she added, but if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. That's the only way that those kind of sacrifices could be worth it. What do you think of what she said? Let's talk about that side of it. Well, I, I think she's she's definitely right. I, I and the, the really difficult thing is when you choose something that you that you want to do and your family does not get behind you. They think you're crazy. You know what I mean? Or you're you're not pretty enough. You're not tall enough. You've never done this before. Are you nuts? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then when when your mom, in my case, even has a, a very close family friend, you know, the big brother you never had, take you out to dinner and physically tell you those things. You know, wow. like wow. yeah. You can't model Kimberlyn. You're not tall enough. You'll you'll never be a, a Christy Brinkley or a, you know, a, 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 any of the other big name models from from that time period. And I said, well, I may not be a Christy Brinkley, but I can certainly be a, Kim, a Kimberlyn Brown. Oh, I yes, love that. I love and, that. And was it my number one dream? No, I wanted to be an architect. But when Nina Blanchard asked me to model for her, I I did. And I was one of the very few that made a living off of modeling back in the day and back in the day of, of Broadway, if you can remember Broadway mm -hmm. stores and things like that. It was like I was one of Broadway's top petite models. So I was always working, always working. And then I, I really did well in Europe because I had long hair, long straight hair. I mean, oh, wow. hair for the Germans and and all of those sorts of things. Um, it wasn't until I came home from Europe one year when Nina Blanchard said, hey, Kimberlyn, you know, they're looking for a gal who's good looking, but not terribly tall because the lead actor wasn't very tall. Would, mm -hmm. you, be interested, would you be interested in going out on this? And I did a lot of commercials. I was the white shoulders perfume girl. I mean, I had that account for years. I, I mean, I did all kinds of things um, commercially, but I'd never acted, never tried to act. So um, I said, sure, I'll go out on it. And I went out and I got the part. And oh, wow. She, wow. Sent me out, she sent me out on six things that January and I got every single thing that I, I went out on. So I went, huh, <laughs> acting thing, this might not be too tough. I think I'm gonna get give this a shot. And you always hear about how difficult it is to get an agent, how difficult it is to get a manager. And I was very lucky. I walked into a manager's office and they signed me immediately and they started sending me out wow. on immediately. And I wasn't getting a lot of anything, you know, just a little walk on here, walk on there. And then I went out on this one sitcom and I had them laughing, rolling in the aisles. I thought, oh, this is great. Boom. I've got this. This is mine. And I was all excited. I called my agent. She goes, well, how did you how did you feel it went? And I said, well, I had them laughing. I mean, they're rolling in the aisles. And she goes, honey, they were laughing at you. <laughs> oh, God. Not, not with you. And I oh, went, oh, good. my Lord. Well, the one thing is that I'm smart enough that I realize if you burn bridges, it's really hard to go back over them. And even yeah, that's right, true. That's something that my grandfather, my mom, my grandmother, I mean, they had all instilled in me at a very young age. So I called my agent that day and I said, don't send me out on another thing. I'm getting into acting classes. 
Oh, wow. And a very quick study and a very hard worker. And six months later, you know, I was reading for John Houston for Weird Science. And it was, uh, he wanted, he actually, I, I went and read for him five times and he was interested in me for the role, but Kelly LeBrock had just done Woman in Red. So, uh, yeah. so if you put your mind to it, like you said, and you work really hard, you can be the person that, that guides your future. And when you hear about these actors like, you know, Brad Pitt and Angelie Jolie and things like that, um, there are no overnight successes. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Google them and you can see them acting as children. Yes. And Angelie coming from a Hollywood family, obviously, you know, has her foot in the door. Um, mm. Mm -hmm. So, so it, I mean, there, there are different circumstances for everyone, but I, I'm a firm believer that if you work really hard and you have to work harder than everybody else, you 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 have the potential within you to achieve your goal. There's no doubt about it. And see, we're chasing kind of the same dream as actors and actresses with the show, because, you know, we want to be the Bobby Bones, the Ty Bentleys, the Kelly Clarkson show. Um, in fact, that's one of our, we would love to one day be the first, you know, hopefully nobody beats us to this, but we want to be the first married couple TV talk show hosts. Well, as far as I know, there isn't one on a, on a daytime TV well, type thing. So, you know, we're married. So that would be really cool to say we did that first. Well, you know what? It's okay to say you want to be the Kelly Clarkson and, and all the rest. But from your positive mindset, just concentrate on being Chris and Sandy. And, and being it the best way that you can possibly be. And, and that's what's going to propel you to the next level. Yeah, because I remember um, before we launched the show, I reached mm -hmm. out to a Nashville friend of mine to ask mm -hmm. for advice. And it, that's exactly what he said. He yeah. says, whatever you do, be and stay authentic. He said, because he says, you can tell every Bobby Bones joke. You can tell every Ty Bailey joke. And he said, you might even be good at it and create an audience. He said, but the day will come when authentic Chris comes out. And it, he said that may be tomorrow, it may be next week, it may be next year, but it will happen. And when that happens, you're going to lose every bit of your audience because you were never authentic. They were attracted to fake Chris. So, so if you stay, he said your show may grow slower at the beginning, but you'll gain the right audience. Exactly. Exactly. Stay true to yourself. That's for sure. <laughs> your uncle went to high school with Phil Donahue. I have a picture of my daughter with Phil Donahue. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, I love this stream where you can pull up comments of people. Yes. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Makes it fun to interact. But yeah, um, so we talked a little bit about the sacrifice side because, you know, again, you know, we're we're like doing a show a day, sometimes two a day. We're like all in with the show. So, you know, we definitely understand to work it because we're like, you know what? We might not be the best out there, but we'll outwork everybody. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Because I, re I remember an old joke that I heard years ago um, that in, and I think it's really almost to the T of with acting and artists and all that to where where, you know, people talk about you kind of got to outlast people. That's, you know, if eventually everybody starts quitting and then you'll rise to the top because eventually you will outlast the others. And I remember a joke that talked about um, a bear is in the woods and these two guys, the bear came up on them and this one guy jumps down starts tying his shoes tighter and putting them on. And the other guy looks at him and says, um, you can't outrun that bear. Why are you putting your shoes on? He says, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just got to outrun you. I just outrun you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's still <laughs> <the> <laughs> and, and, I, and that's how I see it out there. You know, I know that sometimes you bring, we bring on music people and they don't want to consider it competition with each other. But in reality, there's thousands of people that's trying to do the same thing as you even though you're competing with yourself, you're still competing with them because it's still all right. in the same. And there's, and there's so few spots to make it. I mean, not everybody can make it. And we know that. So we're like, we'll just outwork everybody and then see what happens. Well, there you go. That's a, that's a good work ethic to have. <laughs> so when you look back on your career so far, what are a few moments? And I know the Sheila one was one of them that you're look back and you're like, wow, I got to do that. In my career, yeah, in your career. We'll talk about your business in a minute, but let's talk about your. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking what what I I made a a choice early on in my career. Um, 
because I started in feature films actually and television shows. And it was one of those things where, like you were just saying, working really hard and being the best you can, you're, you're gonna do that and it's always going to be between you and the big name, you and the big name, you and the big name. And sooner or later, they're going to come to you and mm -hmm. give you that opportunity. And I was getting really, really close on a lot of shows, a lot of movies and things like that. Well, it was between myself and the big name. Yeah. And then, you know, I got married and decided I wanted to have children. And I thought, okay, now what would be most fair to them? Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. about me any longer. And that's when I chose to go into daytime so I could be a stay-home mom. Yeah. Uh, yes. And that is, is what I chose to do. That's what I wanted to do. And I have no regrets whatsoever. And, um, and Sheila comes and here comes Sheila. Exactly. And, and there's still plenty of time actually for the rest, maybe not as much as, as there was in the, the early half of my life, but I've got a couple of things that I'm working on right now. Oh, wow. And, uh, we were actually supposed to start filming February, but because of my injury and because of COVID, uh, we've put it off for one entire year, but okay. mm -hmm great sitcom actually that I've developed with a friend oh, of wow. mine. And I have um, Jonathan Banks who's signed on to be on it. Um, who's just a phenomenal, phenomenal actor, your favorite bad guy. And yeah. that in a comedy setting is going to be really great, really great. And it's going to take place up in Bemidji, Minnesota. Oh, cool. It's all about the, you know, ice fishing and hunting and, and uh, just, a, I, I can't tell you more about it at this time, but we've got some great talent involved. I have a phenomenal uh, writer involved who used to write for Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley. So it's, I'm looking forward to that one a lot. And because when you can say more, you have to come back. Well, yeah. I would love to. I'd I'd love to say more when I when I can. Yeah, when I can, I definitely will come back, Chris. I'll let you know <laughs> for sure. Now, is sure. there is this road already closed completely, or is there any hope for a Sheila return? You know what? The road is never closed. <laughs> right. <laughs> when I came back this last time, I I was I was very honored to to go back and play. I there is nothing like playing Sheila for me. It's oh wow, she's so much fun to play. She truly is, and we've played her for so long. Yeah, well, you know, it's so easy to turn her on because I have played her for so long. I know this character inside and out, and if they called me back on either show, of course, I would I would say yes in a heartbeat. Oh wow, well, awesome. love that. So hopefully they'll watch. You know, you know, gotta be um, yes. We would definitely have to watch that because the return of Sheila. I mean that. <laughs> I mean. I remember so many times where she comes back. I remember the plastic surgery. Oh, where, yeah. Um, where all of a sudden she's not Sheila, but she is Sheila and people don't know it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what? Yeah, and you're like, man, this character will go all out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely love that. Um, so as you know, you know, a lot of people see the actor, actress, business owner, but they don't see the teams behind them. And I always like to talk about that side of it because teams never get the love they deserve. And I'll be honest, I don't care if a person has one team member or uh, or 300 as Justin Bieber says he has. A team is a team. If you want to take a few moments just to tell us a little bit about the team that helps you be who you are. Well, you know, for, for acting, it it's very much the people behind the scenes. I, I mean, a lot of times you're on a show and actors congregate and they they are their own little group and they go to work together and then they go out afterwards for dinner and then they go to this party or they go here and they go there. That was never me. I, I, I would go to work and start memorizing my lines for the next day if I had time. But the time that I loved to spend the most was with the people behind the scenes with, uh, you know, Grande who, who, who does props at, at Bold and the Beautiful um, with directors and producers and lighting people. I was always starved for 
knowledge. I wanted to know what they were doing so that I can make their job easier. You know, hitting your marks, uh, mm. knowing where your key lights are, knowing all these things. It's all part of being a good actor or actress. And it's it's truly the people behind the scene in wardrobe and makeup and and all of that. I mean, those fake noses and, and things that you were talking about a minute ago. Yeah. Those are mm -hmm. hours and hours of time for, for people, you know, doing special specialty makeup. And um, you're right. All, all too often, they're not brought to the forefront. When I work on stage, they're all in my forefront. From the awesome. boom, oper boom operators to camera operators to grips to to people who move cables. I, I mean, those are the people that I, I seem to connect with the best, quite honestly. Oh, wow. Because, oh, I, man. you know- so somebody asked a question there for you. Oh, remember a Simpsons? Bartender, plastic surgery, do soap actors like that episode? I've got to be honest, I'm, I, my kids watch The Simpsons, but- <laughs> no, it's, it's just for me. Um, like I said, I, I'm I'm a wife and I'm a mom, so that's what was most important to me. Not necessarily yeah. walking into the room and needing to fill that room. Yeah, and have everyone look at me. Um, that was never me. Oh well. Now speaking of teams, we have a third co-host, our nine-year-old, and Santa Andy's going to go get him. So, I will get him. So we always oh, let him gosh. ask a few questions, and um, okay. we've got a two-year-old daughter that, when she gets older, we'll be plugging her into the show too, because we are a family affair. Perfect. In fact, we're so much a family affair. Um, I created the name Family Affair Media because I'm like, you know what? I'm always saying on every episode, Family Affair, Family Affair. Like, you know what? Let's just create the media name to be called Family Affair. Oh, that's <laughs> perfect. That's a good one. Because <laughs> again, you know, it's definitely about the family. I, I like, that's what I like about your story because our story, as you, you said, you read about our story before we came on, but um, she, you know, that our story is about family. Well, look at this young man. It's it, now, who's this? Uh, my name is Christopher. Oh, Chris and Christopher. All right. <laughs> nice to meet you. Let's meet you. Hi, Kimberlyn. So what's your favorite food? What's my favorite? I'm sorry? What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Oh, my goodness. There's so many good ones. Um, <laughs> my favorite, favorite, favorite. Well, I'm, I'm a meat and potato girl. I'm going to have to say steak and, and baked potato. Yeah. And what's yours? My pizza. I almost said pizza because of you. <laughs> Better let everybody know how I really feel. <laughs> All right, next. All right, so what's your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show. Um, right now, I'm kind of binge watching uh, Schitt's Creek. It's mm. um, and that's not the bad word. Chits Creek, okay. It's it's right. just yeah. it's a family it's, name. it's a family name that's not spelled the same way, and it's a com oh, wow. it's a comedy that you know I, I I need to laugh these days. Most definitely. Yes. And what's yours? Mine is SpongeBob. Oh, I you know what? I grew, up <laughs> I grew up with that too. That and Barney. And you know what's been cool is he watches a lot of Nickelodeon shows. So we've, you know, yeah. we've been able to because of our show, we've been able to bring a lot of Nickelodeon actors onto our show for him oh, to talk to. Fabulous. Wish yeah. I'm like I wish that would have been like that when I was little. You know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. <laughs> oh, that, wait, Christopher. Is that okay. it? Yeah, that's it. Well, wait, 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 wait. Sit back down for a minute. I've got a question for you. Really? Yeah. So what grade are you in? I'm in third grade. Okay. And what's your favorite subject? Subject uh, reading. He loves to read because he he's, he's homeschooled. All right. And what do you think you want to be when you grow up? Uh, maybe a firefighter. <laughs> Oh, you know what? That would be an, we, we don't, we need more people like you. I think that's wonderful. Good luck with your future. <laughs> Bye, Dane. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, he loves this part of the show because you know he's been on ninety-five percent of the episodes. Oh, wonderful. wonderful! And since we homeschool, we're able to balance all that out to have him come on the show. Yes, yeah. it works out well. It, what's funny is um, we've been a twenty-four-seven couple for eighteen years of our marriage. We have. And people have called us together. People have called us unhealthy, called us this, called us that. We're stupid. We're this, and then we homeschool him, and they're like. Um, oh, that's wrong. That's this, mm -hmm. that, this. So all of a sudden, you know, so here it is. We have society trying to tell us that change. we need to change their, to their way. Then COVID happens. And we're like, ain't this ironic? Isn't society it? now has to live our way. Yes. No, I get that. I get that completely. Sandy <laughs> well, and Electric, they're turning our, 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 they're doing repair work. So I'm sorry. They're calling in behind us. <laughs> Oh, I understand. Uh, it'll, go, it'll, it'll stop in a minute here. <laughs> okay. So what would you like your legacy to be? What would you ultimately like to be known for? You know, I, I think um, for being a good person and for doing a lot of good in, in the world, I've, I've done... I've done charity work all around the world. I've 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 been uh, the donor for two bone marrow transplants to people I don't even know. I, I just oh, wow. it takes so much more energy to be negative and yes. mad and angry and evil than it does to be happy and and thankful. Oh, you get the best of both worlds. You got to play evil while yeah, being exactly. good. Exactly, exactly. So see, I didn't need to bring that stuff home. Right. <laughs> yeah, somebody's joking yeah. here. So what, what's your favorite soap and your favorite opera? <laughs> That's <laughs> a goofy question. Oh you, my gosh, you are goofy. <laughs> yeah, I, grew, I grew up with Dove. There you I go. I love Dove also, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I think that's it. You know, I'd, I'd like my, for my legacy, it would be for my kids to tell everybody when I'm gone, how proud they were of me. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. a good one. Love that answer. So will your show be on any of the networks or do you not know, or do you know that yet? Um, I don't know that at this time. I do wow. know that, that uh, my producer thinks that there are several outlets that are going to definitely want it. They said that it's such a, easy premise that they can't believe it hasn't been done before. They call it brilliant. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's coming from other people, not from me. So I'm, I'm, you know, it, the thing is, is people are always trying to recreate that, that, um, you know, um, that, that Ted dancing with bar and, and all of that, where everybody yeah. comes the, you know, every, the whole neighborhood's in one place, you know, and, and, and that's kind of what this show is about, but on a whole different, um, whole different level. But it, it's that feel-good show, and it's a show that you can watch with your kids. Oh, a, lot sure. is, a lot of it is based on in off of innuendo, and mm -hmm. as an adult, your mind might be going one way, but then you're the one that gets slapped up the side of the head at the end yeah. of the scene because your mind went someplace it shouldn't have gone. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, and most, most young people, their minds wouldn't go there anyways. So it's yeah. just yeah. Clean, it's clean, family fun, and I'm hoping that it stays that way um, as long as as my name is attached to it. Is because they don't make it like that anymore. It's like yeah. I, you know, Lil Chris loves to watch Full House. Yeah, and we, so we've been watching yeah. a lot of that lately. And, mm -hmm. and as I'm watching, I'm sitting there like, even though I've watched it for years, but as oh, a yes, parent, you too. see it different now. And it's like, right. oh, they wow, really do a really great have a, have a yeah. show that catered to every age group. Right. And well, in a way for them. Well, you know, it's, it's changed so much, really. I mean, we talk about schools and the direction that they've taken things. 
And I don't think that Hollywood has been much different. I grew up watching shows that there were consequences for bad behavior. When you mm -hmm. did something wrong, you know, Dennis the Menace had to go next door and apologize, you know, yeah. and like my three sons, Dennis the Menace, the Partridge family. I mean, even Zach Morris would yeah, say by, by the bell. It was like, he'd, he'd always get into trouble, but there was always consequences. Always. Always consequences for bad behavior. And I think that we've kind of turned into a society where we don't have a lot of consequences any longer for, 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 um, for things you shouldn't be doing. Yeah, but and that's mm -hmm. and that's what's sad, especially you know, again, because we waited a little late in our, you know, I'm about to be fifty with a nine year old and a two year old, so it's right. like it's, it's scary when you look at society, and I'm like, you know, you don't know where things are going, and 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 then now we're kind of building an entertainment business here, and we're like, oh god, you know, <laughs> it's really scary having them, but at the same time, I also know that you know what. It's all in God's hands. We just got to rely on him. There's, and allow never, him like, to there's, work never, there's never a right time or a safe time. There's just the time. So yes. it's all good. <laughs> so what advice would you give other people that has the talent to be an actor and they've done maybe a few shows, maybe a few commercials that are still getting their feet wet, but they're, they're all in. They come to you. Um, and they just feel like this is what they're supposed to do with this next phase of their life. What advice would you give that specific person? Don't let anybody tell you that you can't, because if you allow people to put limits on you, then, then you will walk around with limits on you. There was a time when I, I had one of my agents go to a big agency and she wanted me to go there with her. And I didn't right away because I'm, I'm very much a loyalist. And I mm. felt that I owed it to, you know, my first agent to continue, even though these two women came from New York and the whole dynamic changed. I still wanted to give my agent an opportunity to show that they could still work for me. And three months later, I called this other agent and I said, OK, I think I'm ready to come over. And she was very excited. And when I went into this agency and I had my meeting with her and then she took me in to meet the owner of the agency, wow. he basically looked at me and he said, if you would have come with me three months ago, when you were asked, I would have taken you, hmm. but let this be a lesson to you. And he pointed his finger at me. And then there was another agent in that, in the same building who said, you know, why do you want to be an actress? Why do you want to, it's like, I've already been doing this for years and you're asking me why and telling me maybe I should think of something else and something different. But wow. this, this wow. very powerful agent in Los Angeles shook his finger at me and said, let this be a lesson to you. The next time you have somebody that works for you and wants you and they ask you to go with them, you go. Oh, well. Wow. And I said, well, thank you very much. And I got up and I walked out. I certainly didn't need somebody waving their finger at me. And um, three months later, I was signed to a, a contract on Young and the Restless. So wow. who was the one that lost out? That's my question. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. It's like when, you know, when you look through our life, you know, with our marriage, it's funny. Um, so many times we would be out and about and we'd run into people. I'm talking about strangers, not friends. And Sandy would know if I get two or three minutes in a conversation with somebody, um, we're there 60 minutes. It's just, there was just no way around that we're there. And I've done that thousands of times. And many times she'd get upset and she'd roll her eyes. Oh, and yeah. what's funny <laughs> is we look back now, we laugh because we realized that we were being, we were being prepared for a 60 minute show because now we actually can hold conversation because of all that. <laughs> See, they want in too. They want in the conversation too. Uh, yes. I'll tell you what, I got the dogs barking so loud right now. I couldn't hear that last question. <laughs> I, I, I was like, they want in too. Yes. <laughs> I got somebody at the front door. I'm gonna I'm gonna text my daughter real quick and see if she'll go answer that. Real quick. Okay. <laughs> one second. One second. Definitely love animals. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see if she can answer the door. 
And I'm so sorry, everybody. Oh, no problem. We, we understand. You, yeah. you know, when you're doing these lives, you just never know. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. That makes it fun. I'll tell you what. Uh, I know exactly what he wants. It's it's the propane guy. He he arrived here and he's probably wanting me to move my truck. Oh, wow. Uh, Okay, my daughter's headed. My daughter's headed to the front door now, so I'm good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, you know what? They just want to be part of the show too. Oh, they yeah. do. They do. Milo, come here. Milo, come here. You want to be part of the show too? <laughs> yep. Look at the comments. Who let the dogs out? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Perfect question. There you go. <laughs> Lovely. That's the one great thing about what we do. You know, yeah. Sometimes you want like one day be signed to a bigger show and all that. But then I wouldn't have the flexibility of, you know what, having fun. Yeah. Because, you know, we're about it. It's like, you know, because, you know, sometimes once you sign to like iHeartRadio and other things, then they control what you say, what you can't say. But, you know, on our show, we, we get to just be us. Well, that's fabulous. That's fabulous. But you know what? One of those days it is going to be bigger. And you're just going to have to learn how to roll with that and keep it real and keep it yours. And it, it'll be that way. It truly uh, so, will. Somebody wants me to interview the dogs next. Yeah, that's that's Milo. <laughs> <laughs> so as we come to a close here, I know you got another interview coming up. And I don't yes, want to um, keep you. Take too much um, so any final parting words and how can people reach out to you? You know, um, I'm not a huge person for, for Instagram. I've got to be on it. Or I'm not a huge person for social media, but Instagram is something that people can definitely reach out to okay. me and, you know, contact me through that. Um, in another, you know, couple of months, I'll be calling you back and we'll have another little show. I've got, I've got a couple of really cool things coming up. Oh, wow. Oh, absolutely. Love, love to share with people. So um, if you've got any actor friends, actresses that you think would be great for our show, yes, we like to get up close and personal and we're trying to break through and we've had a lot of great guests like you come on, but you know what? We're always looking for that next one too. Absolutely. I actually do. There's a couple of people. I'll, I'll, now that I have your phone number, I'll, I'll introduce you through a text. Uh, please Sounds do. Great. We love that. Right. Okay. And thank you everybody for, you know, tuning in to, to say hello to me today. I really appreciate it. And Chris and Sandy and for having me on. I, I thank you for that. And I'll see you guys again. Sounds, Sounds great. great. Thank you so much thank for your time. And everybody, y'all have a blessed day. Yes. Yeah. God bless you 